The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on High at Nine News are those of the individual speakers and not those of High at Nine News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. I hope you all. It's right. It's finally Friday. Oh, man. Thank you all for your patience. We experienced a little technical difficulties in the beginning, but you know what? We are rocking and rolling now. We're cooking with hot grease. And today is Friday, July 28th. And today is National System Administrator Appreciation Day. It's also Buffalo Soldiers Day. Shout out to all the Buffalo Soldiers out there. As on top of National Water Park Day, because, I mean, it is hot outside. It's also World Hepatitis Day and National Milk Chocolate Day. Oh, boy. It's also, this is the weirdest one to me, National Talk in an Elevator Day. I mean, I could think of other things better to do in an elevator than just talking, but whatever. It's also World Conservation Day, and that's right, you guys guessed it. It is National Get Gnarly Day. Oh, yeah, it's Friday the 28th. And thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live at the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And uh, we're, we're not on Twitter spaces today. I need to figure out some technical work on that and see see what's going on because I'm hearing people can't hear us on there. But nonetheless, we are going to kick it off with probably myself today because uh, the dope dad is going to be a little bit late today. He is going to be coming to us live from Minnesota and uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kick it off, and then uh, Yaro and Doctor Talleyrand, you guys you guys let me know who who which one of you two wants to go next. But nonetheless, none the nonetheless, my story today. Oh man, here we go, you guys. Here we go. The DEA chief is grilled on Biden's plans to deschedule marijuana. That's right. Representative Matt Gates, Republican from Florida, and Representative Steve Cohen, Democrat from Tennessee demanded further information from the Drug Enforcement Administration about its plan to remove marijuana from the list of Schedule I drugs during a House Judiciary hearing on Thursday. DEA Administrator Annie Milgram testified before the House Judiciary Subcommittee on Crime and Federal Government Surveillance, during which she informed committee members that the agency has, in quotes, not been given a specific timeline to review and reevaluate marijuana's classification. President Biden put out a marijuana reform statement in October of 2022 that called on the Department of Health and Human Services and the Attorney General to reevaluate the federal law of scheduling of cannabis, and the DEA must receive HHS's review and recommendation to conduct its own evaluation process before coming to a scheduling decision, according to Milgram. To, to Gates' dismay, the DEA has yet to receive any such materials from HHS. And in a quote, he says, that's unsettling, isn't it? When you don't even know a timeline, it doesn't really make it seem like something's front of mind, Gates said to Milligram after she disclosed the status of the procedure. Cohen supported Gates' stance on the matter. Uh, forming a rare bipartisan agreement in the House. Cohen claimed that the federal disclosure around marijuana has always been governmental gibberish and that the government has messed this up forever. 
Drug scheduling is used by the DEA to create lists of substances ranked by their acceptable, acceptable medical use and the level of use considered abusive. Marijuana currently stands on the Schedule 1 list and the classification meant for the world's most dangerous drugs. Other substances on this list include heroin, LSD, and ecstasy. In a quote, what I will say to you, not specific to marijuana, but just overall, is that I'm committed to trying to move things as quickly as we can, Milligram said in response to Cohen's question whether the department can do anything to speed up the process. After hearing Milligram's answer, Cohen told the administrator that he would help her out by calling his former colleague, the HHS secretary, today. We're going to get this moving, he added. Gates also mentioned that marijuana's current status provokes opioid dependencies on accidental fentanyl overdoses, and the Florida Republican explained that without medical marijuana patients with chronic pain, are more likely to turn to opioids to manage their symptoms, which is often the gateway to an addiction. Fentanyl, which, which Milligram said is one of the deadliest drugs to exist, was not classified as a Schedule One substance when Biden put out his marijuana reform statement back in 2022, and fentanyl-related substances were moved to the Schedule One list back in 2018, but fentanyl itself remains under a Schedule Two classification on account of its medical value. In a quote, I really hope we can get this done, Gates told Milligram. We're two years into the Biden administration, and I honestly had hoped that by now we would have already descheduled marijuana from the Schedule 1 list. Well, 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 we got Republicans and Democrats coming together to advocate for descheduling. So why the Biden administration still wants to move it to deschedule 3 is kind of beyond me. But nonetheless, I would love to hear what my colleagues have to say in regards to this, especially Dr. Hornby. What, what, what do you think about this, Dr. Talleyrand? Well, you know, it kind of reminds me of what's happening in certain lo local jurisdictions where uh, people are trying, for example, in Mendocino County, you know, there are lots of licensed applications to grow cannabis, but only a few have been accepted. Uh, it seems like if the government wants to, they can uh, dig their heels in, drag their feet, whatever analogy you want, and and stop a process from happening, essentially. And it looks like the DEA and the HHS are playing that game with us. That's, that's what it sounds like to me. Definitely. Any thoughts on this, Yaro? You're on mute. There we go. I just, you know, my tinfoil hat comes on anytime somebody says they work for the DEA and their last name is Milligram. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, if she, if her last name was Kilo, maybe I would have a little bit more uh, it's, willingness it's, to it's provide. It's Milligan, Milligan, uh, Milligan, not Milligram. Oh, Milligram. I, I heard right. I heard right. My trapping ears heard right. Um, so, you know, look, I think that fentanyl, for example, is the biggest threat to uh, to this country. Facts. And uh, and and it, and, it, and so I know that there's a place in this society for the DEA to do important, noble work and to prevent this next generation of explorative youth from having, you know, fatal uh, repercussions and consequences from some of the silly choices that we probably made as we were growing mm -hmm. up. Um. You know, that said, I don't think Biden has been uh, uh, an advocate or an ally to the industry or to medical cannabis. Um, and I certainly think since he's been elected, he's, you know, given us ample opportunity to deliver on some of those campaign promises, which he still hasn't. Um, and, and so I think there's a place for the DEA. And I, I look forward to a day in which uh, cannabis is not lumped into some of these other categories. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt, we need some descheduling action going on. And so I'm really glad to hear uh, Matt Gates advocating for the fact that we need descheduling as well as Representative Cohen as well, advocating for that as well. The two the two chairmen of this of these two committees. So um, it's always nice to see a bipartisan support when we know that that's become more and more rare on the Hill. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, with, with, with all this questioning, I just I just wonder um is, is, is this just going to be an, an inevitable process? And, and I was talking to someone who, um, who, who has had, had a couple conversations with the Biden administration, and, the, and they don't believe that the Biden administration is going to reschedule cannabis during their tenure, and they think that they're just going to come out with some type of statement uh, after the midterm elections that just kind of punts the ball further down the field and just leave it for whoever uh, wins in the next election. 
Sounds I like agree. politicians 101. Yeah. You, you guys both agree agree that that's probably the inevitable outcome? You know, it seems that if they really want to take advantage of the fact that 60% of Americans support this uh, uh, and boost their election, they would. But it doesn't seem like he's Biden has done that uh, so far. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see for the 2024 election. But if he doesn't, then, yeah, this is a game that he's just holding back and not really pushing this forward at all. Um, like I said, it's happening on the local level as the stigma of cannabis continues, and it's our role to really destigmatize it. Mm -hmm. I mean, is is anyone is anyone surprised in the, in the fact that 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 uh, that uh, HHS hasn't came out with anything, and so the DEA is basically saying, "Hey, we can't do anything until HHS submits their review, and then we go for our review, and that's just kind of the process that's that that has always operated." I mean, I don't really understand why these two agencies can't just come come together like the House and the Senate and create their own uh, their create their own uh, d decipher in regards to, and then maybe have uh, ha have a meeting afterwards and, and discuss discuss the t the points that they that they've came up with. They can. They just don't want to. They they don't want to. They don't have to, and so they're just dragging their feet. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 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 Man, man, oh man, oh man, we're gonna see what happens next. But uh, yeah. did you guys, did you two decide amongst yourselves which one wants to go next? I mean, look, I've been in, I've been in awe of Dr. Gene Talleyrand for the last nineteen years. So there is <laughs> yeah. no way I'm stepping to the front of the line. I mean, I told him before we went live today, I didn't know if I could get an autograph, but I am literally standing on the shoulders of giants and in the same virtual room with luminaries. And so, absolutely, after you, my good sir. Has it been that long, Yarrow? I'm feeling very old now. <laughs> well, you know what? Look, you're a pioneer. You got to be early to something. But your work with medical patients going back decades in California and the ability for me to both be a patient of your practice, Medican, as well as have a small opportunity to represent your company and leasing legitimate office space for a medical company versus where that, that business had been venued by a tow truck dispatch. Uh, you are a legend, and uh, I'm not blowing smoke unless it's a blunt, but you truly are a luminary. You, you smoke blunts, huh, Harold? <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up well, next. Let me uh, start with the story today. Oh, go for it, Dr. That's T. okay? Yeah, 100%. Let's roll right into you. All right. So happy Friday, everyone. My headline today is by one of our correspondents, Rochelle Gordon from Green State. Is cannabis a stimulant? The answer isn't so simple. This is an ongoing debate. There is an ongoing debate as to what is quality cannabis. Even on this show, we talk about good weed and boof weed. Now that cannabis is accessible, the public no longer has to rely on purchasing cannabis from a stranger under the cover of night. People can pick or choose what cannabis to buy from a store in broad daylight. This ushers in a new era where cannabis consumers can now look for consistency, true variety, and predictable outcome. Quality assurance is now important to the cannabis user. As a scientist, I study cannabis quality, which is why this topic interests me. Rochelle Gordon asks an important question. Is cannabis a stimulant or a depressant? If you are a regular cannabis consumer, the question was answered years ago. You might have heard someone explain that there are three types, sativa, indica, and hybrid. The sativas are stimulating for ener or energetic. Indicas are sedating, described as couch lock, and hybrid effects fall somewhere in between. Although the community uses these words, science has disproven the idea that the look or shape of the flowers are predictive of the effect. Rochelle sums up the problem by writing, those who smoke cannabis often find themselves in a trial and error situation when it comes to determining outcomes. The truth is that cannabis produces a range of effects. People describe happiness, euphoria, and a tingly feeling. They also say that cannabis makes them relaxed or sleepy. Some describe feeling focused, creative, talkative, or even aroused, and others might get anxious or paranoid. 
To the question, is cannabis stimulating? The answer is yes. It's also sedating and maybe a depressant. It's complex. Furthermore, people react differently to it. One type might make you feel like cleaning your house, whereas another user might fall asleep on the couch. Based on the dominant cannabinoids, there are three types of cannabis. But for some reason, most dispensaries only stock one type, type one. It's odd. It's like having a wine store and only stocking red wine. It's just another indication that the cannabis industry is still maturing when it comes to quality assurance. Rochelle writes, the truth is that cannabis is an extremely dynamic plant. I agree. Nature creates complex and dynamic things. We can't reduce the effects of cannabis to stimulant or depressant. It's not a pharmaceutical, but it is used for health and wellness. So how does it make you feel? Is it a stimulant or a depressant or both? This is Dr. Jean Talleyrand with High Nine News. I would I would go more with a stimulant, Dr. Talleyrand, than a depressant because I mean, as generally is a lot of uplifting, uh, euphoric type of feeling as opposed to like uh, depressing. Just want to just lay in bed and and mope around and you know what I mean. Nothing positive come out of it. I'd say most people. Uh, I, I was I'm not surprised, Jason. Uh, mm -hmm. Most, especially just hearing how you use cannabis, those who use it frequently tend to find some energizing um, or stimulating uh, part to it, even if it's an indica, which surprised yeah. me. Yeah, you know, and I'll be the first one to tell people that, that you know, like uh, cannabis is not a Red Bull in any way, what shape, form, anything what, whatsoever. But um, but but if you if you're making the, the 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 statement of is it a stimulant or a depressant, I'm going to go with a stimulant, even though I don't feel like I, I don't like I, like I said, I don't feel like it's a Red Bull. I don't feel like it's a cup of coffee. I don't feel I don't feel that 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 is the same kind of um, uh, kind of stimulant in, in that sense. But at, but at the same time, um, when, when I do uh, consume consume cannabis, you know, my mind is mentally stimulated. I'm, I'm going through thought processes and whatnot. And so so there is there is that 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 stimulant going on currently. Do you ever get that couch lock feeling? Couch lock? I mean, not really, not really, not, mm. not 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 that often. I mean, I have, and sometimes I do, and sometimes it, sometimes it's it's like, oh man, this is so great. Like, oh man, this is a man. I feel like like it's the first time I I smoked weed for the first time. You know what I mean? So so it's like exciting when it does happen, but it very very rarely happens. I mean, mm. if, if if I was to do edibles though, um, I, mm. I I would definitely have that couch lock. I would be drooling on myself. And whatnot, and um, also too, um, if I vaporize flour like with a volcano mm -hmm. or something like that, I am totally useless, and I might as well just be like some window looker on the little yellow bus. I mean, just wow. just as a, like a pro tip, it's always better to have somebody else drooling on you than to be drooling on yourself. Just kind of a life hack. I just pro, kind of I, I'm with that. I'm with that. I can I, I can get with that. I can get I mean, with that. Here's my feeling around the stimulant versus the depressant. Cannabis is definitely, like, I'm not a scientist, right? I don't even play one on TV. But cannabis is definitely an economic stimulant. And then in terms of a depressant, I know the current tax structures are pretty depressing. And yeah. that from a policy perspective, we've we've, we've certainly seen some depressant uh, <laughs> trends that I hope will change here in 2023, 2024. Right? I, I mean, I mean, to your point, I, I'm with, I'm with you, Yaro. I, 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 there, there's many things that you can think of um, and and focus your time on that are depressing in the world. I mean, I, I could go on for days in regards with this. Under, um, you know what I mean. But uh, I'm not going to really go there. I, I'd rather stay in, in in a positive state and, and and focus on the on the positive as opposed to just harping on the negative that you're not going to do anything to change. Fair enough. I like the, the couch lock personally, that, that, to you know, that ability to sort of turn off the racing monkey mind and the chatter yeah. and to be able to sort of <clears throat> be less stimulated and, and, and give oneself permission to not be productive and to, uh, you know, maybe just sort of tune everything out a little bit. Um, for me, I think that's a very, uh, pleasing side effect. Mm -hmm. And for you, Yara, there are some types that do that and some types that don't do that so well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we've got to get to understanding what what's what for folks. And yeah. I think it's interesting too, Greg, because 
you know, people kind of figure that out. And that process of exploration is, is I, I find to be uh, exciting. And, and, and I never like if I try something different and it doesn't give me the exact desired effect that I was seeking, that never seems like a, a net negative. Um, uh, but I, I know my lanes at this point. I know what I like, both in terms of uh, form factors, delivery systems and, 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 and strains or cultivars. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get uh, dispensaries. Jason, do you stock type two? Do you stock one to one THC CBD flowers in your store? Honestly, Doctor Talleyrand, no one buys that stuff. They don't buy it. No, no, no one buys it. And I don't even know like any any brands that are like trying to focus on on, on that as an actual thing in, when when it comes to to selling like whole flower. You know, I think it's the, it might be my patient. I have a lot of older patients who mm-hmm. are looking for the weed that wasn't so potent yeah. in, uh, back in the day. So um, that, that I usually point them to that just to see if that's really I mean, um, there's, there, there, what they're looking for. There are plenty of uh, of mids brands out there, you know what I mean, and so I would just point to to you know stuff that that would be a lesser quality, definitely more economical in in, in price point um, for for those types of uh, those types of uh, customers or patients with those different types of ailments. That's that's generally what what I would do is I'm not going to recommend the same stuff that that I would be choosing myself to consume. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and and that's why we we offer a wide selection is because we want to make sure that that there are that there are those types of people out there. And we want to make sure that those people have the the access that they need as well. Well, I'm wondering what the baby if this is the baby boomer population. I think that's looking for it, but we'll, we'll see. I, I'm wondering what they're what they're looking for these days, and I think that might be it. But we'll see. Never stops. Never stops, Doctor Talleyrand. In, in regards with this, with this cannabis being a stimulant, I mean, have you ever uh, encountered any patients that 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 say that that it's like it's it's like a Red Bull to them or a cup of coffee, and like these people are like adamantly serious that like they get like high energy off of smoking cannabis? No, and, and you know they use the word loosely. Uh, Rochelle used the word loosely, and she she described it as you know stimulants are usually physiologically stimulating. One of the signs of a stimulant is an increased heart rate, um, but usually stimulants like caffeine or cocaine are directly ner- stimulating the nervous system to increase your heart rate. Um, with cannabis, the heart rate increases because your blood vessels dilate, and uh, so it's not really directly a stimulant. And for some people, the heart, the pressure, blood pressure goes down after a while, and the pulse goes down after a while, not up. So, you know, physiologically, I don't uh, consider it a stimulating, uh, a stimulant, but it does. Uh, people do report feeling energetic using it but not like a red bull like you said yeah it's but not it's something to keep you out what's what's that it, yaro i said but it's a social stimulant and an economic stimulant right i i, I would believe economic stimulant 100 <laughs> percent, and and i could see a social stimulant too i mean yeah definitely definitely when you're around good people with a lot of good energy and you have some good cannabis you you can definitely get 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 energized especially if you're starting to starting to get to that point where your eyes are starting to quiver a little bit yeah <laughs> or sleep yeah <laughs> oh man all right i'm gonna go into oh there he is there's rico oh man how you rico are you with us oh shit can you hear me uh, we can hear you bro how are you i am uh i was high i was my high now i am um you now know, you're grounded Grounded in Milwaukee. Grounded in Milwaukee. <laughs> Rico, do you want to do your story now? Or you want me to go into my second story? Hey, go into yours. I'll be ready in like two, three minutes. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Jesse, right. you're going to let him in. Make sure people can see him once once he turns his camera on. All right. I'm going to go into my second, second story. I don't even get to do mine. Well, I want I want to try to sparse it out between everybody, Yaro. You're, you're, you, get to, you, you get to go. You're, you're going to clean up. up later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rico was saying grounded in Milwaukee. Oh, that sounds like the is that the title of the new like uh 
romance <laughs> movie grounded so, in milwaukee is a, that like the third spinoff of when harry met that, like doesn't sound very exciting it's actually it's actually one of hyatt nine's new coffee flavors that you can now purchase on our website <laughs> www.hyattnine.news.com <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, I'm going to go into my second story for you guys. This this is an interesting one. Now, just so you know, the, full disclosure: this is a press release that uh, that uh, Congressman Dave Joyce's office uh, sent me yesterday, and so I'm going to be reading directly from the press release. And so here we go. In Washington, the Joyce Amendment to increase medical cannabis access for veterans passes the House. Today, Congressman Dave Joyce's of Ohio's 14th District Safe Harbor Equal Access Amendment passed the House of Representatives as part of the fiscal year 2024 Military Construction Veterans Affairs and Related Agencies Appropriations Bill. The amendment was also introduced by Representatives Brian Mass from Florida and Earl Blumenhauer from Oregon and Barbara Lee from California and co-sponsored by Representatives Matt Gates from Florida and Jim McGovern from Massachusetts. Specifically, this bipartisan amendment would, would prevent the VA from interfering with a veteran's ability to participate in a state medical marijuana program, reaffirm that veterans' benefits cannot be revoked for participating in this treatment option, and ensure health care providers are not penalized by the VA for making recommendations or completing forms in compliance with state medical cannabis programs. Um, as, and then as... Excuse me. In a quote, as the son of a World War II veteran who was wounded on the battlefield, I've seen firsthand the many challenges our nation's heroes face when they return home, said Congressman Joyce on his floor remarks. In a quote, we should all be resolved to help expand access to treatments for the medical challenges, both medical and physical, our nation's veterans our, our nation's veterans experience. I'm proud to join my colleagues in leading this common sense, common sense effort to help our country's veterans access medical treatment. End quote. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Congressman Dave Joyce. We appreciate you sending this out to us as well as uh, your, your efforts on the Hill, um, because this is, this is definitely something that does need to go through. We need to make sure that veterans are not being persecuted for them being able to procure medical cannabis as well as uh, from the doctors, not, not hating on them uh, when, when they're saying that they're going to use medical cannabis as a treatment. So I'm going to digress, see what Dr. Talleyrand has to say. We got Rico with us, too, now all of a sudden. And what do you guys have to say about this? You know, we, we're, I see veterans all the time. Um, and, of course, cannabis is very useful for veterans who tend to have, you know, both injuries uh, from warfare as, you know, in mental and physical pain and PTSD-type symptoms. So cannabis is very useful uh, uh, for them. And they come to see me, whether they tell their doctors at the VA or not, really depends on, on um, the social, the, the comfort that they have with the doc at the VA. Um, usually they don't, because they're concerned that the VA might, um, get, might, you know, if they're in a pain management program, mm -hmm. get them out of the pain management program. So yeah, I, there's definitely an issue with, um, with the VA not accepting. Uh, on a side note, I did go to present, you know, the idea of observing patients. You know, part of the problem is that docs don't know what to do with the cannabis using patient. They don't understand what they're taking. They don't understand the dosage. And so there needs to be some education to the doctors around cannabis and the endocannabinoid system so that they, uh, they feel a little bit more comfortable seeing the patients. I think with that, there may be more acceptance in traditional healthcare settings. I mean, but isn't that what they're supposed to be doing with all this research that they're that they're that they're saying that they're doing and, and funding and all of this that really doesn't sound like it's really going anywhere, Dr. T? You know, my pet peeve is this is, is the way they talk about research. Um, you know, usually with drug discovery research, you're you're following a specific course of you know like uh, that the FDA um, follows, but with cannabis because people are using it, this is not a drug we're trying to discover. It's already been discovered and it's already being used. We really have to put on our observational hats, and that is something that's 
not as comfortable for physicians these days. It's it's going back to seventh grade science and really looking at, um, you know, what's going on. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a step back, but I think it's really an interesting way to move forward. Very much so. Rico, are you with us? You're on mute. Okay. Right, we'll hold on. I guess we'll hold yeah, on man. for a second. Oh, there he is. There he is. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Live and direct from Minnesota. Yeah. As I said plenty of times before, man, as a son of a veteran, um, myself and a very, very messed up relationship that I had with my father, or my, step, uh, my stepfather, um, a lot of vets can use cannabis, period. Mm-hmm. deal with a lot of PTSD issues. Um, and I can't help but you know, wonder how much better our relationship could have been mm-hmm. had he had access to that instead of um, other other outlets that he had. So mm-hmm. um, I will always, always, always stand for the vets um, their access to cannabis. Um, a big shout out to the the vets that know um, we're doing their thing down in um, uh, down in Washington. The ones that are doing their thing state to state. You know, Sean Kiernan, uh always coming on here and giving us the veterans' perspective. Um, all the other guys, whether it's uh, Operation Evac, whether it's um, uh, Veterans Cannabis Coalition, like all the guys out there, man, um, doing their part mm-hmm. to make sure this stuff pushes forward. And Dave Joyce too, so um, I'm all for it, man. So I love they need it. clean meds. They need they need access, and they should never be punished. Mm-hmm. Period. They should not be punished. They've already given that ultimate sacrifice for this country, and for what? For them to come back and have no jobs and just be cast out by society. Exactly. Uh, Shameful. That. Shameful. Yeah. Did you have, did you have something, Yarrow? I mean, look, the problem with this country is every day needs to be Veterans Day, right? And not only should veterans be able to access the same things that civilians should be able to access without it jeopardizing their access to care through one of the largest healthcare systems in the world, the VA, but also I think there's a real missed opportunity. You know, Dr. 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 Talleyrand is talking about, um, you know, the observational opportunities and, 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 and the VA really could be a, a massive force for change because of the number of people in its system that could be treated with cannabis, patient reported outcomes, observational studies. There's this opportunity not to have the VA be an impediment, but to actually be a, a change agent because there are so many people in that healthcare system that probably would <clears throat> volunteer to help create that clinical level stat study data and so you know the thing i like about this country very much is that we all tend to agree that there are some very noble professions that deserve to be honored in whatever ways possible whether that's increased opportunities or uh, hiring practices and typically that's firefighters nurses teachers, cops, and veterans, right? And, you know, police officers, I get it. We could digress about, you know, the the relationship between communities and law enforcement, but that's not really my point. I think my point is, is that pretty much everybody I talk to and I've ever interacted with understands that veterans have sacrificed more than most and that separate from their views on war and global policy and all of that, that these people are deserving of the first opportunities to access either innovative therapies or economic opportunity. And so I just hope that at some point in the near future, the VA becomes this force multiplier, to use a military term, where we can use that system to create some of that missing data. And 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 I think that as a as an alternative to some of the other things that people use to cope, whether that was opiates, whether that's alcohol, look, everybody needs a little bit of vice in their life, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I certainly think that people should have the opportunity to access plant medicine that they hope might give them a little bit of equilibrium, whether that's psychological pain relief or just sort of wellness and balance. And 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 so, you know, I I I, I do think that it'd be hard to not support a bill like this. The only thing is, and again, back to the tinfoil hat that I wore earlier, in re- in regard to Mrs. Milligram, I mean Milligram, as <laughs> is just. That, Sometimes when you get a bill, the name of the bill doesn't actually match the intention of the bill. So you can have a bill that's like save the children of America bill. And then you read the the language of it and it's actually like protecting child molesters. Right. So all I'm saying is that like with every bill, it's not about the name of the bill. It's absolutely about what's in it. And with this political process, we have these most inefficient but best 
hopefully in the world, you know, there's all these changes to bills as they, oh, we added this and we added that. So really like, it's not the title of the bill and it's not really what the bill initially says. It's what's that final version and can we support it? And did they put anything else in there that might have nothing to do with veterans and cannabis? But on the surface of it, I'm a big advocate and I say two thumbs up. Amazing. Amazing. Oh yeah. We're going to go to a quick commercial. We're going to be right back. How's it going guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh yeah, he's fresh off a flight. <clears throat> yeah, not off the basketball court and not with his flip-flops. No, it is the dope dad himself who is off a of daycare duty today because he's in Minnesota. Oh yes, the dope dad himself, Rico Lamit. Uh yeah, Jason. So fresh off of the plane, I got to talk to some great Minnesotans up there in the sky, and they are super hyped up about next week because recreational cannabis becomes law in minnesota next week and uh, next tuesday august 1st to be exact so uh, minnesotans will be able to legally possess and grow there uh for their own recreational purposes and um can we please get a round of applause for the land of Ten Thousand lakes jason you know i don't have my <laughs> Uh, Governor Tim Walls signed the measure into law, and while the rest of us try to figure out what's what, with the state projecting most legal retail sales likely not to begin until early 2025, at least one Minnesota indigenous tribe plans to take advantage of its sovereignty and allow sales right away. Let's give a, another round of applause. And I'm sure uh, I'm sure Rochelle Gordon will be right there with them. Um, but they're pretty progressive with their law. Um, and I'm going to try to buzz through the um, uh, uh, the big points here so I don't take up too much time. But um, here it is. All right. So here's what's legal. So 21 and older can possess and travel um, in the state with up to two ounces of cannabis flour, eight grams of concentrate, uh, 800 milligrams of THC can, uh, uh, containing edible products such as gummies and seltzers. Uh, when it comes to retail, there's 12 different business licenses a person can apply for in the adult use market. And there are additional licenses for medical, uh, the, mar the medical market too. So you actually have tandem markets like everybody else. I don't even know why people are still doing tandem markets. It all ends up being um, a recreational at the end of the day because um, people want to make money. Um, it's a different conversation for a different day. But um, to be eligible to open up a business, you got to be, <laughs> uh, you got to be at least 21 years old, obviously. Uh, fill out all the necessary paperwork and pay licensing fees. If you have been operating already, they actually are given amnesty. You had to make sure you have paid for um, your tax amnesty and take care of that stuff first. Um, when it comes to crossing the border, because they are close to Canada up there, despite what Jason was thinking last week, <laughs> Minnesota is on the Canadian border and it's not <laughs> period. Um, it says uh, it remains illegal under federal law to bring uh, uh, marijuana in and out of state. And that goes for both directions. However, lawmakers have been working hard to build support for medical cannabis program that could win bipartisan pack backing. And they're saying medical cannabis might be first to have uh, uh, bipartisan support for uh, um, interstate commerce there. And Minnesota is looking to be a leader in, uh, in that category. When it comes to smoking and, and steering is what they say here. Um, it's going to remain illegal to drive uh, while high on THC, obviously. Um, and they're actually going to be implementing a drug uh, or a, a drug driving test out there. I don't know what that's going to uh, uh, have in it. Uh, that's going to be either. Um, but you can grow up to eight plants at home and um, they must be grown indoors, enclosed, locked in a space that's not open to public view. And um and they have a uh, pretty um, pretty set rules. They were, they're pretty thorough with this uh, right out the gate too. So um, cannabis can be legally consumed on private property, uh, private homes, and eventually it'll be allowed uh, at special events and venues uh, where organizers have permits. So um, 
as they say. Oh, yeah. And guns and ganja. That's the last one there. Federal law still bars cannabis consumers from owning firearms and ammunition. But we know how that goes. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose that Supreme Court battle. And um, you're not going to uh, you're not going to get your these guns out of these guys' hands. Just agree with that. But I was give big round of applause uh, to Minnesota. Big ups to everybody out there. And I've been fighting along a long time. And um, I'm out here in Wisconsin now, man. Like, what's up with y'all? I don't know. We got cheese. We ain't got no weed. But um, I'll recall the meat. That was dead out in these Wisconsin streets. What do you think about this? Uh, uh, these Minnesota laws. I, th- I thought you're in Minnesota. You're in Wisconsin now. You're in Wisconsin, not Minnesota. You're in Wisconsin now. Yeah, I oh. wasn't. I wasn't Minnesota when I talked to you earlier. Oh, okay. All right. Well, a little track. Can you just drop a pin so we can track? At, at, at a layover. That's why I was late. Uh, that's why I was late. Um, I had a layover and my connecting flight was late. So interesting. Right off the plane. Hop, hop down here, man. Good fresh, deal. fresh off, fresh off the plane, baby. Well, good deal, so man. Coming out here to, to get some of this vibe. Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to come out there. Some, yeah, I'm going to definitely. I'm going to come out there at some point um, to check it out. But when that point is, that's a very, very, very good question as to when that is. Everybody's pretty hyped about it, man. I was pretty surprised. Um, not your everyday, you know, like. I can spot a stoner in California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, you know, it can be a little stereotypical. You can see you can spot a stoner, especially if they're older white gentlemen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you cannot tell. You cannot see, tell. I see. Here, I see. Like I, I see. Pretty much everybody pretty bare, uh, bullish about it. I see you working on your profiling game. Hey man, there's <laughs> all, all, all types of stereos out here in this world, bro. I bet, I bet, I bet. Eight tracks, cassettes, <laughs> compact discs. The one thing truth. about the one thing about the cannabis industry that I, I or the cannabis consumer that I've learned is they are definitely yeah. all types. It's really from grandma to yeah, uh, yeah businessman. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I totally agree. I totally agree, Doctor T. Hundred percent. I've I've witnessed just about every single form of walk of life in existence uh, in in my in my tenor in retail. That's for sure. And, yeah. Um, we- and push back to you, Jason, on the um, on the drinkables. They are super excited about the drinkables. I talked to two people on the plane today. I don't care and how said, many people uh, are excited about no, it. No, no. One, one guy said he was going under, and if it wasn't for uh, them messing up the law and accidentally passing <laughs> low <laughs> low level THC drinkables, um, he would have gone under. And he said he made seven figures last year because of that. Uh, they were able to open back up their plant after um, everything was shut down from COVID. And um, he said, he said, hops are um, damn near uh, identical to having to working with cannabis. I believe. Um, And yeah. And they were able to just transition all their machines over and make seltzer, THC seltzers. Yeah, they they may be making them, but I just wonder how many people are really buying them. (laughs) I was at the cannabis drink exposition yesterday in South San Francisco, and I think there's lot of enthusiasm for that category even though it still represents single digits um i think some of that enthusiasm is that crossover crowd i think other people just can't roll a good joint and uh mm. and also i think it's that cpg inflection right so like we've always thought that at some point keeping it real is selling out to larger interests and you know you've got tobacco interests over here but then you've got these you know cpg interests over here i think people would love to sell to nabisco or some of these larger food conglomerates and that beverage insertion into the form factors i think uh people look at it with enthusiasm from an exit perspective very i just yeah i personally can't get it i, I can't get into them though man i have um, a bunch of those just keeping it real i have a bunch of cans i have a bunch of uh was that the, the pbrs I have a bunch of that seltzer stuff. I've never touched it. It's just sitting in my fridge. It's probably been there like six months, ten months. I don't know. Well, that, this little thing at Sonoma Hills Farms yesterday with Mason Bloom, they have the bougiest, mocktail-y, delicious cannabis drinks. The evolution, the formulation, I think, is like the most important thing. You hear some of these beverage categories, and, and I'll use can as an example not to trash them because I like them, but like – they talked about how they had a business plan to raise money before they had a formulation. And I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't it all start with the product and the formulation? I think the formulations have gotten so much better and so much more complex and delicious. And you're not just tasting that. Distillate. Spectrum, distillate. You know, nasty. That nasty distillate. Right. That cat too. 
people are using <laughs> it to replace people are using it to replace alcohol too i mean they i yeah. see them coming into the store and using it for you know friday night dip, going out with their friends grab mm-hmm. a couple of beverages rather than going to the liquor store I, yeah i think i think that's, yeah, that's fantastic it. news in in regards we got it we got it what's that rico I was just saying, I gotta, I gotta try some new stuff. Then I guess they got better formulation. So just saying, you know, just, just, just I'm make sure it again. But you just know. make, just make sure you have a bed near you because uh, you'll be totally useless after you consume too many of those <laughs> things. Yes, uh, we're, we're, we're gonna keep it moving. Do we have another commercial, Jesse? All right, let's go to this last commercial real quick. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Oh yeah, we're back, Rico. You want to go ahead and educate, uh, um, introduce Yaro? Hell Amazing. Yeah. Let's do it. So, y'all know who it is up next. He's a second generation cultiv- cultivator, the founder of Special Teams Consulting, focusing on cannabis real estate and cannabis real estate. And you know who it is? It's the guy out in Florida. Is that right? Down in Florida? No, he's Yaro? not. He's not in Florida, bro. He's in Sebastopol. Alan <laughs> Sebastopol, yeah, y'all know who it is, Mr. Yarrow. Of an intro I have ever heard, I might just have to do my own intro. It might just be a DIY announcement. Oh, let me let me rephrase that. Let me rewind that back. <laughs> Give him the give him the rewind. Give him the give him the rewind. Generation cannabis cultivator. I do three things: cannabis, real estate, and cannabis real estate. And I am lucky to be a small part of High and Nine News here this morning. My article today is Georgia's second medical cannabis retailer launches sales. The second of two licensed medical cannabis dispensary operators in Georgia opened its doors this week. Botanical Sciences began sales Wednesday in the town of Pooler, just outside Savannah, according to the Capital Beat News Service. The opening comes roughly three months after the state's only other licensed MMJ operator, True Leave Georgia, opened for business in Macron, about 85 miles southeast of Atlanta. That company, a subsidiary of Florida-based multi-state operator True Leave Cannabis Corp., has launched sales in Pooler, Marietta, and New Nan. The company has plans to open additional Georgia outlets in Columbus and Evans. Botanical Sciences is looking to establish other MMJ dispensaries in Augusta, Chambly, Marietta, and Stockbridge, according to the company's website. Under Georgia rules, MMJ operators in the state are permitted to open six dispensaries. The Georgia legislature approved MMJ rules in January that allow for the licensing of up to six companies to manufacture and sell low THC oil in the state. Flour, edibles, and vape cartridges are banned in Georgia's MMJ program. So what do you think about that, y'all? I mean, I mean, wh- wh- where is this? Uh, where is this location actually located, Yarrow? Georgia. No, I, I understand Georgia, but Georgia's a big state. Do we know what county it's Georgia. in? Georgia. Yeah, and I got Georgia on my mind because Ray Charles is the man, but uh, I, I couldn't give you any sort of geographic specificity, in part because, you know, when you're a 707 and 415 Northern California guy like myself, Rico, not Florida, uh, you know, we have the East Coast, the West Coast, and then us sometimes the, the middle of the country gets a little, you know, it's like just discombobulated. It's middle. It all makes it in one. Tomato there, but there's some very nice people. Oh. Hey, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm all about pointing thumbs and not fingers. That's on me. I'm not gonna make any excuses about me and the red eye and anything like that. I'll make sure I come correct uh, for you next next week. And I, I'm very, very sorry about the Sebastopol. Sebastopol has my heart. I'm deeply. My, my sister actually. My sister. My, 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 my sister. Uh, what got me into the game is actually she actually lived in Sebastopol for ten years. So. I apologize for that. I strongly apologize. Um, I, guys, I have no idea so where I got cute. the Florida shit from. You guys are so but, cute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's why I get it. Hey, I mean, I mean, in all fairness, Jaro, if you were in Florida, you'd be paying a lot less taxes. 
Hey, hey, uh, it's, it's Sebastopol is like the Florida of the Triangle. Yeah, right. right. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Oh man. But uh, the, what in, in regards with it, with this Georgia, I think this is great for 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 the patients out there that that definitely need these types of accesses. I do think that it's super super restrictive in the type of product offerings that they are allowing um, uh, consumers or patients to be able to procure. But nonetheless, I mean, you do kind of got to start somewhere, I guess, and it's better to have this than to have nothing. I would say. Do you know? Is Dr. Felicia in, in the audience today? What, what's that? I don't know. Uh, is the Dr. Felicia in, in the audience today? I, I, because I uh, she had a, she had a deep comment uh, when the the first one opened. She had a comment she wanted to uh, bring up with us on that. I don't I, uh, I I don't see her I don't see her in the in the thing okay. and she she hasn't popped in the in the chat but go go ahead Dr. Talleyrand what were you saying Yeah I don't know what Dr. Dawson would think about this I'd love to hear her comment uh, but you know I'm just noticing that there are not many dispensaries in Atlanta uh, and I understand no. Georgia is a racially divided state you mm -hmm. know uh, so I'm curious what's going on there. I don't think they're allowing and for you know any that, the white part of Atlanta is trying to secede from the city. <laughs> well, they <laughs> seem to be also getting all of the cannabis dispensaries. Mm -hmm. I don't see any in Atlanta. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. No, no, no. I've been, it, I, yeah, I definitely very, noticed that too. That's why, interesting. that's why, that's why I asked Yaro specifically as to, as to where, where this uh, dispensary was located at in regards to, because just because of that actual point right there, Dr. Talleyrand. I thought that's where you were heading. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I think that's a point to note there. What's going on in Georgia? Hey, I mean, yeah. hey, look, look at Jay, look at look at Jason race baiting over here. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! I don't. I don't need to race bait. So just, it's, it's, in, it's in Savannah. On this one, which it's is in Savannah. I think it's important that there's retail. I think it's important that there's a lot of retail. We learned from California that not a lot of retail doesn't support a regulated industry, and it doesn't mm -hmm. support producers and the top of that production, that regulated supply chain. I, it's great that truly you can have six, these other people can have six, but I put on my social equity hat for a second. And I think, you know, having the ability to do six stores, is there, does that create a barrier to entry to the small mom and pop operators who might just want to throw up one store, two stores, or not have the resources to come in six stores strong? That's one thing that comes up for me. The other thing is when they talked about the low THC oil, it, you know, here in more mature markets, I don't hear anybody saying, oh, I need to make low THC oil. Typically when you're making extracts, the idea is, to have a potency that justifies the cost and the lift of those industrial processes, and then it can be used as raw input. So I worry a little bit about overregulation in terms of potency, and then, and then just lastly, you know, I, 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 I'm always excited when new markets are opening, and I'm always frustrated at the rate of change, right? And so knowing that, you know, we had a medical program in California in 1996, and it is the middle of 2023. Uh, I am. Um, understandably impatient about wanting to see more of these states roll out quicker, have sensible legislation or regulation, and to learn from lessons already learned in other markets. And certainly that some of the restrictions on form factors or potency doesn't necessarily appear to me that they've learned the lessons from other markets. Very, very true. I'm with you. I'm with you on a lot of that, Yarrow. Uh, you, you know, definitely. Um, uh, when, it, when it comes to uh, Georgia and out there, um, they did, correct me if I'm wrong with this, uh, Dr. T, but I believe that they did actually have the highest level of potency um, to classify things as CBD um, up until recently. They had like 5% THC was still considered hemp in the state yeah. of Georgia. So um, <laughs> I don't think that's the so case very anymore. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a game of fear. They're they're just afraid of THC, and so they're just dipping their toe in the water. But yeah, you're right. Georgia dipped their whole foot in the water rather than just a toe <laughs> like like uh, Texas did. So, so I guess um, uh, <laughs> hopefully that Texas just means Delta we're getting the water eventually, though. And yeah, so we, I guess we know THC so. is not damaging. We just have to you know pay attention to the baby steps. So I guess all that THCA is all getting shipped out to Georgia. 
Well, it's all THCA. Yeah. You know, we know that, right? Well, I, uh, but, but Dr. T, you haven't you haven't seen the people that are selling THCA flour. So 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 it tests it tests below on THC delta nine. So where so where it's able to be sold under the farm bill, but it's crazy high in THCA, and people are selling it just like regular weed on the internet right now. It is regular weed. That's regular weed. Once you spark it up, <laughs> once you spark it up, it gets you high. Yeah, exactly. All weed is THCA. That's uh, that's uh, that's a nice trick there, huh? Yeah, that's what that's what regulators missed that one. Yep, that's what that's what they're doing now. <laughs> but uh, and as a matter yeah. of fact, when it, speaking of regulators, Rico, we have one more story, Rico, for you to deliver that is in regards with regulators. What do you have for us? And. Uh, Let's go. All right. So, all right. Oh, yeah. This one. So, let me bust through it real quickly. <clears throat> so, this one comes from the Merced Sun Star. Waiting for it to launch up here. Dozens of human tracking, uh, trafficking victims have been found at a cannabis processing site in Merced County. Um, and it says about 60 people were discovered processing cannabis where deputies were um, uh, with the Merced County Sheriff's Office served a search warrant and located on the 900 block of Vassar Avenue on Wednesday, according to, oh, there we go, uh, according to the Merced County Sheriff's Office social media post, according to Deputy Alexandria Britton, uh, deputies served the location uh, with a search warrant about 5.30 p.m. and after investigators developed information um, that cannabis was being illegally cultivated in the residence. Um, authorities said the deputies found that the people who are believed to be victims of human trafficking were processed um, hundreds of pounds of finished marijuana product. So um, investigators learned that the victims had been had arrived on the property days earlier and were promised that they would have a place to stay and a good paying job. Sounds a lot like what um, Meatball Ron and Governor uh, Abbott are doing to folks oh, out there. But um, uh, authorities said that once they arrived at the location, the victims were forced to process cannabis while subs, uh, subsisting uh, substandard living conditions as a way to repay people who brought them across the border. Um, according to the sheriff's office, none of the men and women on the property were injured, and they have been offered uh, multiple resources. Authorities and uh, said Child Protective Services were contacted after a juvenile was found to be working in the operation. Um, they've uh, since been released to a parent. So sad stuff out there, man. Keep your eyes open. Um, just a quick question on that, man. Like, if you're helping out families, you're helping out uh, children there. Is it? It's still snitching. No, it's not. And I'm going to say that as a defendant and as somebody who's gone through that system multiple times and as a defendant in a 15 person case where nobody turns states. No, we answer to our higher calling before we answer to the rules of the game. Uh, children, women, you know, this, you know, this, these sex trafficking, child trafficking and slave labor and human trafficking people aren't in our industry. They are not cannabis they may be making money off of unregulated cannabis but they are not one of us they are not part of us they do not deserve any special treatment and they certainly don't deserve to be protected by not snitching and i agree with you man like there's, there's rules to this game and there always have been rules i know things have been distorted over the last decade or two but um you don't mess with kids brother you don't yeah. mess with kids don't mess with kids never bring kids 100 families don't smoke. And really, what you're doing is you're hurting the Nike brand because, like, if we're going to have some child labor, it really needs to be tennis shoe focused only. And and beyond that, uh, that's a bad joke. Bad joke. Come on. Bad joke Friday. And uh, but really, like, um, this is one of those problems that really it's a besmirch. It besmirches the industry because those underregulated environments, those lack of Cal OSHA protections, those lack of employee protections, all of that stuff. I think it's really important to try to strip away that that isn't that's not cannabis that's just an underregulated environment and that then those people are, are are not native to 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 what cannabis used to be well they're given the bait and switch that's just that it ain't cool at all um i hope they find peace um i know they're going to be they're just going to be wrapped up in our messed up um immigration system at this point but um ah, lots to talk about there man deep 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 issues very much America. so so but um, and, and I also I also want to give a, a moment of silence from Marijuana Mitch. 
Jason's uh, Jason's favorite. It's my purple handed warrior. Oh boy! <laughs> but uh, the, on, 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 a on a serious note, on a serious note, because is, 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 is he the silent majority see, that stands with Trump? Seizures, seizures are a, a serious thing and not really sh shouldn't shouldn't be laughed at in that in that type of way. Um, it's a serious thing. A lot of people, even myself, uh, I have a seizure disorder and whatnot, and uh, it's just it's it's a sucky thing. And it's not something that we can control. It just kind of happens and. It's totally beyond our control, and I think marijuana Mitch should be trying some marijuana, so then that way he could help control the seizures. But nonetheless, get off, that, get off that, get off, get off that, get off that low grade THC that that that, that hemp that you're yeah. fucking with. Yeah, exactly. The only seizure that he's comfortable with is like January six. If you want to seize the capital, that's not he's a cool stop. It that was orchestrated by the Democrats. Bro. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> yeah. It was Antifa. Yeah. It was Antifa. Yeah. But, but, uh, um, <laughs> but, but, but also, too, also, too, we do, we, we did have a, a, some situations this morning, and we do want to give a big uh, thank you and round of applause to Jesse coming in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jesse's first day over here try, uh, working working the, working all the systems over here on the back end making sure that we have a show um, with without any help uh, with with him so this is his first day basically driving the car on his own without an adult supervision and so we want to we want to uh, we want to tell him thank you very much and we appreciate his efforts this morning yes you will not be subjected to the DUI test this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but but thank you all for joining us for another episode of high at nine news you can catch us weekdays 9 a.m pacific high noon on the east coast and big shout out to the super fans showing love getting their comments live on the big screen live audience online and online supporters catching mm -hmm. us across all media platforms tuning in for the conversations that we have on the daily headlines of chaos to our vetted correspondents tuning in from all over bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table our production team cloud media partners house of fuego the vortex and jesse turning it up this morning and of course jaja simone holding us down on all the other networks and you know what i love you haters keep on doing what you do i hope you guys have a great weekend <laughs> Always cannabis sativa L. The reason that we show up and read these headlines every single day. Thank you. It has been Friday, July 28, 2023. Um, I hope that was enough news for you guys to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. My name is Rico Lemit, the dopest dad on the street. And um Yarrow, the Sebastian the Sebastopol Saint. You got the outro today, man. I'm slow this morning, man. What you got for us, man? You got the outro? Can leave these people with a good message? My outro would just be for everybody to really enjoy their weekend, stay safe, stay cool, come back. We'll see you Monday morning. Monday morning, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast, baby.